Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and pantelliscomedy.com. It's the Pantelis Podcast. Andrew Searles in studio uh, flew back from Los Angeles, not just for this, but uh, this is one of the reasons why I came back to do the show. Uh, Andrew, before we get started, I want you to know something. I don't know if you listen to audiobooks, but this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And you can get yourself a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash Pantelis. Sounds good to me. Yeah, you got to get your Audible books on. I'm purchasing well, it right now. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> Thank you. It feels good to be back, man. Yeah, we, we like having you. Yeah. I heard you uh, you fucked up the comedy list last night. Comedy list, two sh- two shows for Brian Scalaro. You went and opened, and you um, caused the ruckus. Is what I, I heard. It's what I do, man. It's what I do. It's my it's my job to to shake things up and get the audience to be like, oh, okay, this guy knows what he's doing on stage. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna heckle. Yeah, but, but you, I don't know why. Yeah, they don't heckle me. They never heckle me. I guess I'm too pro. You they they feel it, it. They feel it. It's weird though, right? When you when you go on with your boys and, and you're fine, you're like, oh, all right, the crowd seems nice, and then you get off. Yeah. Your, your buddy goes on and they're attacking him. Yeah, isn't it strange? I always feel bad, like when like Paul and who is, is me, uh, me Paul and Jeff we were on last night, and yeah, they gave they kind of uh, gave. I, I I love Paul and I love Jeff, so uh, yeah, I don't know why, and uh, they just they just gave Paul a hard time, and I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where. I don't know if it, if it's just a persona thing that the audience just sees you and then they're like we we can mess with this guy and then they see someone else and like well we don't think we can mess with this guy I don't know maybe, maybe. I, I think a lot has to do with what uh, one person gets away with I think they if one person gets away with something and they see that you let it slip yeah then some other people might it's like in high school when the substitute teacher was there yeah exactly yeah and so the thing you is just like, push oh, the envelope yeah <laughs> like, this guy didn't say anything hold on let me see let me see what I can get away with yeah. and when you get crowds like that that want to fuck with you yeah yeah it gets tough and that room is is strange because you'll get amazing crowds yeah. sometimes and yeah. then you get times like this where it comes out of a 80s movie mm-hmm. like last night both shows how does that ever happen on both shows that you have people fucking around like so that? rare and you know what the weirdest thing was. Um, the first show, the eight thirty, sh- sorry, the eight o'clock show, felt like a ten thirty show, and then the beginning half of the ten thirty show felt like an eight o'clock show. We're like, okay, this is the normal good eight o'clock show, and then thing everything just went turned south as soon as Brian got on stage, and we're just like, okay, what's going on? And then yeah, it's weird. You never find both shows on a Friday night to be a ten thirty show. Which but that's is- a ballsy move from uh, from Brian to to tell the guy how much did you pay to get in your fifteen bucks? Yeah, yeah. Kate's money out of his own wallet. Like, yeah. Get the fuck take your fifteen bucks <laughs> the fuck out of here. I that's like that. So I never seen anything like that before. That's that for Brian to do that, I'm like, that's that's Paul, pretty badass because it's you're blowing you're losing fifteen bucks. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but, but it's it's amazing just to be like I don't care about the fifteen bucks. I rather this guy leaves the audience. And then I heard that he had a great set right after. Yeah, like he threw the guy out and then like a fucking pro. Yeah, yeah. he's like I, this is my room. Let me do this. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah that. Brian's a Brian's a pro. Like he's uh, I think he's like one of those guys. He's like a what do you call it? Like a juggernaut. Or it's just like let him have his time and then he'll just. Bam, 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 you know? And yeah, nothing phases him. Yeah. Nothing phases him. Phases him. Both yeah. shows, people are getting <clears throat> aggressive, they're yelling, Brian yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and he, I think he also has that New York attitude yeah. of just like, 
don't give a shit. I'm just gonna blow right through whether you like it or not. <laughs> did, if you're on board this train, does it matter? Did uh, so how did, how is LA treating you? LA is uh, LA is interesting. LA is uh, it's an interesting town. Comedy wise, I I'm not enjoying the comedy scene. I think the comedy scene in Montreal is a lot better, and compared in, to other in what, cities, in what sense? Um, the fact that when you try out new material, there's an actual audience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know right away what works and what doesn't work, you know? As opposed to L.A., uh, a lot of shows are just comics sitting in the audience, and they just stare at you the whole time. And especially if, you don't, if they don't know you, they will stare at you. If you. And if they know you, then they'll laugh, you know? So as opposed to here, it's an audience, so you know right away this works and this doesn't work. As opposed to L.A. where it's like you got to try it multiple times. In with different, different settings. Yeah. With, the, with different comics. No, like, okay, does this really work? Does this not really work? So if I, you could actually bring it to a show where there's an audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, of the few shows I've done for an audience, I was able to go like, okay, this works, this doesn't work. And even then, I kind of was still kind of fidgety. I'm like, okay, does it really work? I'm like, mm, no, I'm about 95% sure this works or this will not work, you know. But it takes a while, I find. And also, the, all those satellite rooms are all kind of far apart. You got to drive. That's what yeah. I don't like about LA is the distance. Yeah. Having to get to place. Like last month when I came and we hung out, yeah. you finding me yeah. took, what, three hours? Uh, probably, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it was absurd. <laughs> I think that, that that's one of the... It's like LA is like a weird anomaly where it's like there's so m- there's too many cars for the size of the city that, that it's in. And something might be like 10 miles away and you're like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll be there soon. And not realizing that's still going to take like an hour to get there or like 40 minutes to get there. Fucking traffic. Yeah, because it's just just too much. So uh, it does does take a while to kind of get used to the the feel of the city. And it's also, I feel like L.A. is this living, breathing entity that's just like, how can we suck more money out of these people? It's like, oh, that small parking lot, make it into a valet. Oh yeah, that parking ticket's normally forty bucks anywhere else. Make it eighty. You know, like it's it's just they're just finding money. <laughs> you, you thinking of coming back? Um, for now, no. I'm gonna stick it out. Like, well, financially as long as I can, I'll definitely try and stick it out uh, for, for a while. Uh, but of course, you know, like you you don't want to come back with like fifty grand in the hole and be That's like. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, you gotta. It's that fine line that you're towing right now. Yeah. I think the other part about LA is that there's so many people. There's so many actors are so many comedians right yeah so going there as a new guy yeah it's tough to break it's, in yeah it's tough to break in but you kind of hope that uh um like one thing i told my agent is that like uh i told her like hey listen i have 14 years background in stand-up comedy and i have a passport and i'm canadian that alone puts me ahead of so many people because it's like okay he already has a background comedy so he knows how to improv he knows how to make things funny uh he has a passport Okay, he's already okay. If we need him for something, he could fly out tomorrow. Yeah, as opposed to someone who doesn't have a passport. Yeah, oh, is that true? He... I heard that a lot of people don't have their fucking passports in the states. Yeah, a lot of people don't have their passports. From what I understand, yeah, they just kind of, you know, well, you know, for some Americans, it's like I mean, you don't need America's it. the center it, of the universe. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the thing. You can go, you can travel through different worlds just in the states, right? Yeah, you go to New York, L.A., you go to Miami, you go Middle America. It's all different. Yeah, it's all it's a yeah, completely different. So you can visit a lot. That's true. Yeah. I see, but still, it's better to have your passport. Go to Europe and stuff. Yeah. Go to Canada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also the fact that so many productions being shot here, you know, like, oh, you're Canadian. Okay, fine, you'll be okay. Or yeah, they have the Vancouver and Toronto shoots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about that. But yeah, I was um, go- fuck. Too bad Guido's not back right now. It would have been nice to have all three of us on the uh, 
on the packet. You uh, you get to hang out with him a bit while you're there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Usually try try to meet up. He will come into the city for his uh, for his acting class, and we'll meet up after the show, or I'll start after his classes, or once in a while we'll get we'll figure out something. Then I'll go down to visit him in Irvine, and then we'll just hang out there. What's happening now that you? Uh, when are you going back? I go back on the twenty fourth, so I still got another two and a half weeks. Just for laughs, starts in a few days. Does it? That's funny. That's funny. I, if I if I was in it, I I would know it starts in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. But <laughs> uh, no, I'm not in it either. I don't. Um, but the good thing is Paul Baloo is in it this year, which is good. I'm happy for in, Paul. Yeah. So Paul's getting something on there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, maybe next year. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going. I don't know how it works. I don't know how to get in. I. I'm gonna keep my mouth quiet on certain things, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure that train for me has set sailed. You think? Yeah, 14 years I've been doing this and still nothing. And then you get some comics where it's just like, oh, I do this open mic once every eight months, and all of a sudden, yeah, that that you're like you're qualified. That's a little. <laughs> I find that strange. The certain like off shows or whatever that I'll see, and it's from people who are essentially open micers. Yeah, uh, the open mic level, they don't. They do produce shows, but they never get paid to perform at clubs or anybody because they can't perform outside of their uh, yeah their uh, niche market their niche market yeah uh, that that always surprises me I'm like huh what the fuck and then because then I hear complaints oh well all the Montreal acts we put on are not big draws yeah yeah but who are you putting on are you putting on the big draws in no. Montreal nope. no you're putting on the the niche stuff that yeah. those those thirty people have seen all year round and they don't want to go pay just for laughs dollars yeah, to exactly. go watch yeah. it yeah. So there's, uh, but it depends, man. The other thing is that they have to see a thousand comics a year, yeah. And then remember, oh mm. fuck, who's gonna go? Who's gonna? And then at the last minute, be like, oh, I want to put some Montreal people. Yeah. They're not gonna remember all of us and think, you know, they might. You put yourself in. I, I try to put myself in their shoes of uh, trying to fill out a show last minute. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, who's more relevant in my mind right now? It might not yeah. be the biggest comic in the city. Yeah. But that's who I think it. You know. Yeah. So for me, oh, I have faith in this. I'll go. There's all kinds of shit. It's harder when you're from here. Yeah. It's like teachers that know your parents, they're always going to be a little bit harder on you and still more lenient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same thing. But one thing I wish Just for Laughs would do for Montreal comedy is actually put us on the same level as all the other comics performing Just for Laughs. And I find I find Montreal comedy is an afterthought when it comes to JFL. It's like where, was it two years ago when they brought it back? Comics were told, hey, you're doing the Montreal show on a Saturday. It's like, hey, when's the show? Monday. It's like, what? Oh, fuck. You know, it wasn't advertised. wasn't promoted. Uh, the comics weren't paid. I think Montreal comics were the only comics in the festival that weren't paid. Really? I didn't as know As far that. as I know, yeah. yeah a lot of, uh, this, is from, this is what I'm hearing from comics this, that were actually doing it. This is all hearsay. Yeah, it's all hearsay, yeah. Because I, I believe that comics that were doing it might have not got paid because I think I spoke to a couple of them. But I don't know if they were the only ones in the festival that didn't. I think they were. I think the Montreal Comics were the only, weren't. Uh, sorry, they were the only ones in the festival that weren't getting paid. Yeah, that's a little fucked up. Yeah, and then because um, I heard a couple of comics that were just like they're like, it's not, it's not fair. Everybody else, everyone else is getting paid. Why aren't we getting paid? This is what I'm hearing. Uh, but I, I wish Just Flops actually took Montreal comic comic seriously in the aspect of like, okay, you figure that a festival in our own city we would get. Uh, shine on the same level, if not shine brighter, because it's like, hey, it's a Montreal festival with Montreal comics. We should be center stage, at least, you know, or at least brought forward to the center stage. But yeah, I always feel that we're always an afterthought, that we're not really uh, taken seriously. It feels like we have to, uh, we have to, I don't even know, not even leave and come back, because even then it doesn't really work. But uh, I mean, it works for some comics, you know, like Derek Sagan, who managed to get in. uh, uh, about 
10 years ago now. I think he's been uh, he's been doing a lot of festivals since, but Yeah, he's he's been kicking ass. We he, he was on the podcast last week yeah. and we um uh, he he went on tour with Abdul. Yeah, I had done. He's he's kicking ass. Yeah, he's right doing now. really well now. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think he was one of the last ones. I would say he's probably the last Montreal act that got just for laughs and really exploded since. You know, um, maybe also he knew how to use it because there are a lot of people that get the credit. Oh yeah, and then go no, they just don't know what to do with it. That is true. And they yeah. stagnate. And I've seen comics like that as yeah, well. Yeah, I've seen. I think we know a couple of the same ones that we're, we're thinking of. Yeah, um, which is sad too because some of them were, were fucking top like. Love their comedy, they were, mm. and then they just froze. Yeah, they got in like uh, I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, I think they kind of figured that like, oh, I got just for laughs. Now tomorrow I'm gonna be a star, and it's doesn't like, work that way. I'm like in the nineties, yeah, but not You're supposed now. Supposed to use the, the yeah. credit doesn't it doesn't make people come after you. Yeah. It's something to help you. Exactly. You're yeah. supposed to use it still in your you know your marketing and you're moving forward and trying to get this, trying to get that. It's still yeah. a hustle. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people view it as the end goal of the yeah. just for laughs yeah. and then they got it like oh I won the championship I'm done but it's not yeah that's, uh, that's it's just something that okay it's like a, it's like a new da- it's like a new credit on your resume exactly okay, now you could go to other jobs and be like hey this is what I have it, exactly you know? that's how you're supposed to use it as yeah. opposed to the 90s where it's like when you got it you know uh, the next day you're like oh hey what shows what galas you want to do and then what <laughs> TV shows you want to do you know so those days are definitely long gone but yeah I just, I just kind of wish that uh uh any Montreal act who got just for laughs actually uh, was, was actually considered a legit uh, uh, festival guest as like a, someone who's in from New York or someone who's yeah, in from yeah. LA. Yeah, you, 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 know? you don't want to hear that like uh, our boy like Paul, for example, that he's getting treated like uh, like just some, uh, I don't know, like a, like a fan, like a, yeah. like a glorified fan. You want him to be, okay, he's one of the comics. He, got, he needs to be treated that way. I agree. I didn't know about uh, them not getting paid last year and all that shit. I didn't know about that. That is a little fucked up. Yeah. But they still have the same pass, right? They still get the same Yeah, credit. they still get the same pass. Yeah, their passes are still there. And uh, yeah, I, ju- I just wish, because you see, like, one thing I didn't like is when Toronto comics come here for just for laughs. And like, especially last year. Last year, a lot of Toronto comics got... Uh, TV tapings, and they're doing this show and then that show. I don't think any Montreal act had a TV taping. But not only that, but the Toronto cops will get a TV taping here, then they'll go back to Toronto, do Just for Last 42 there, and still do as many shows as there as it did here. And again, where's, any, where's, the, where's the Montreal acts? I have a question. In- Were the Montreal acts good enough to be at that level with those Toronto acts? Because if I'm thinking Toronto... I don't know all of them. I don't know all of them. But when yeah. I think Toronto, I'll think of like my boy. I'll think of like K Trev. Mm-hmm. K Trev is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm thinking here, uh, the I mean, there, there's a handful of comics that if I was running just for laughs, yeah. There's maybe uh, apart from let's say big names that we know, yeah. Five comics, maybe, maybe you reach five yeah. that I would take from the scene and be like, yes, I could trust them and put them on a gala. Put them. That's the truth. Let's yeah. be honest. Oh, yeah. Just because they're Montreal comics doesn't mean that they're the best comics. Yeah. It, we know it's not the case. Uh, and then there's a lot of other that I see them all the time. They're great people. They're. Mm-hmm. But if I was running it, I would not mm-hmm. put them on a fucking on a just for laughs show. Yeah. On a. You know, yeah, and so, some of them even even are doing certain things that I'm even surprised. I'm like, what the fuck? How are they on that show? That's gonna bomb. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, I so you have to look at it that way too. Yeah, Toronto got more um, tapings and and 
you know, more of their comics came down here, had a better. But yeah. maybe if, if there's more comics there that are better mm-hmm. than here, you don't have a lot to worry. And I'm saying five, and I, I don't know it as much as they do. And, I, and I'm being generous with five. Imagine if you've seen all the acts, right? Yeah. And there's, uh, I don't know, even more that are just so similar to each other. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Fuck these comics. I have a Toronto one who's similar to this Montreal one, yeah. but is a bit better. Yeah. I'd rather take this guy. Yeah. So there's a lot of that happening too that we have to understand. Yeah. Like, uh, how, how many of us get paid to do, forget the self promoted shows, the actual gigs, like when you're going with like the day or somewhere, fundraise, all that stuff, getting paid. Paid yeah. by comedy clubs. There's not a lot of us that do it. No. From Montreal. No. Most of them, it's the produce shows. Yeah. It's very few of us that. So already there, you're, there's, there's already a small, fine line of people that you could sell, right? Yeah. And then within that, they have to fit, um, you know, depending on the show theme. Depend, like, and who knows? Backstage might be assholes. Yeah. Oh, even, even that. They'll be like, you know what? This guy's an asshole. He's a good comedian. Or she's a good comic, but yeah. I can't deal with it. You know, you never know. Oh, so oh. there's so many little things. Mm-hmm. But I, I, and Toronto, I guess, because they have, I don't know, they have more clubs. They're practicing. Maybe they're just, there's a lot uh, bigger talent pool there. Oh, so, yeah. There is, a, there is a more talent pool, but I also feel that like a lot of, um, uh, a lot, a lot more opportunities are in Toronto when it comes to comedy because uh, yeah. there's so many festivals I've seen where I'm like I've never even heard of, and it's just all Toronto comics. And these are fe- like I've never seen any Montreal acts. Even even the guys that are like at Joey Elias's level and like Mike Patterson level or the, the David Pride level, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them on these festivals in Ontario. But I feel if you want a fest or if there's any festivals happening, they'll just go to the Toronto acts first, you know. And I think there's a lot of Montreal acts that uh, that that are that are here that I feel deserve a lot more than uh, than just a small show for for yeah the small know. show yeah I, I definitely believe that we need a bigger show something to show some respect at least to the scene yeah. but we don't we don't have as many comics as Toronto does oh, definitely that not, no. are that are capable of pulling that kind of weight right yeah. in a show like that. Yeah. Uh, just you just right now roll a deck in your head. Yeah. Forget Guido who he's not here right now. Forget yeah. Joey. The, the people who have not gotten just for laughs, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, think of t- can you actually in your head have 10 a line of 10 of them that be able to carry a just for laugh show? Uh 10. 10 no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If it was but, Toronto, hold on. If it was Toronto, if you were oh, a Toronto totally. comic, you'd be like, I'll get you fucking 15. What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the. But, but, but I still think, like, okay, for example, let's, let's include Guido uh, in that because uh, I still consider him a Montreal act. I say between. But me, he has the credit. He's done it. Yeah, he has. He's done it once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, but I would still put him on a show that was like uh, the relationship show or, or a gala at some point, you know, or like between me, Guido, you, Rodney. Uh, yeah, I'd put Guido uh, you know. on, on a, a Guido could actually a few roles. Uh, he doesn't need to do a theme. Yeah. Guido doesn't need. There's a few. There's a few comics in the scene that. That's another thing is they're, they're looking for themes, but there's a few comics that they don't need a theme. There's a no. lot of good comics in the city that are just no. funny. Yeah, exactly. Just put them on any show and then yeah. they'll do. Good. And I and I think Montreal acts uh, can hold their own on stage. It's just that for some reason we're not just given we're not given the opportunity to do so. But not a lot. Of, like I'm saying, I know maybe eight or. Cause there's some strong, there's ones that I tell them that I like, you know. There's some strong ones that yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, if I was putting a show together, I put them on. Mm. But it's not, uh, it's not that many, man. Like, and it's not as many as Toronto. Oh, definitely not. But definitely also not. Toronto, what we forget to mention is that a lot of our people yeah. went to Toronto and are now Toronto comedians. Yeah. So another thing is that a lot of our talent pool is leaving and going there. And sometimes I speak to people here that mm-hmm. I find out they're about like I what was it. I think I had Mike Carrots on the show a little while ago, and he was talking about leaving. I think going to Toronto. There was a lot of, uh, I think it was him, yeah. 
Um, so then that wouldn't be a Montreal comic either, right? That would then no, be a Toronto, Toronto comic. Toronto, yeah. So that's what's happening. We also have that exodus, yeah. right? So the talent pool gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. And then the few of us that are actually getting paid gigs, yeah. going out, we're, we're, doing our, our, we're having our comedy lives. Yeah. And then the ones that stay, you know, if they're not going to clubs, they're doing a lot of the self-produced shows, they get into a niche market, mm -hmm. and they get stuck in that circle. Oh, totally, yeah. It get, it's, 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 a, it's a weird uh, cycle. We don't have like a... It's not like baseball where you have like a farm system yeah. and you bring them up. We don't have that. No. Because I mean, I left because I felt I hit a glass ceiling and I just felt I wasn't really going anywhere and certain people were kind of purposely holding me back and just finding any excuse to hold me back. Do you feel like that? Yeah, there was oh, certain totally. people. Yeah. Like you know who the people are or it's like an Illuminati thing where... Oh, I, no, I know who they are. Really? Yeah, I could name them now if I wanted Did to. Did you have beef with them? No, I had no beef with them. I, 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 I don't have. I have beef with them now because of what they did to me. Okay, but you didn't. There was no reason you didn't have like a personal problem with them to do something. No. See, it's I, strange. Yeah, but I felt, I felt like when I wanted to, <laughs> how can I word this? When I wanted, I, I felt my time. A couple times I've auditioned for the festival, and uh, the the owner of the club at the time was like, yes. That's a good set. Yes, I'm for sure you're gonna get it this year, Andrew. You're for sure you're gonna get it. I was like, all right, cool, we'll see. But I know how this works. I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna get it. And then, of course, I never got it. Uh, so I, I felt certain people are are in a position that are just purposely holding me back. Okay. And then, and then this other person who works at the festival came and saw my show last year at the Comedy Works. And he came up to me and he's like, and he works for the festival. And he says, I've never seen a person on stage with so much charisma. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, it's good. So it's good to see that someone in the festival is holding me back. And it's also good to see that someone in the festival is like, oh, good. It's good to see that you're actually talented and you actually care about the audience and you're, you're having fun with the audience as opposed to just, just spitting jokes, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I felt, I felt that uh last year and 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 the, the other person I, I felt it for a while to the point where I'm like I know as long as that person's there I know I'm not going to get just really laughs. That, I that... know it's not going to get it. you know when everyone else is like 2 years in 3 years in or or they do comedy sometimes they don't do comedy sometimes and they're getting festivals and I'm just like hey this is my job you know like I've been doing this for a long time and I always kind of felt like yeah but no <laughs> you, ever, you ever spoke to them? You ever tried to do a one-on-one, -on -one, like a power? Because you, you sometimes I want man, a lot of shit gets lost in and translation. And I'm just like, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I want to kind of confront them. I think lately, as I'm getting older, I've been kind of getting dealing with less, I'm less and less bullshit. So maybe one day I'll just be like, what the fuck? Like, but it doesn't even, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't even have to be because uh, it's crazy. It doesn't even have to be anything aggressive. Oh no, just, no, no. It, it could literally be, hey, look, just this, a question. I, I'm just curious. I've done yeah. this, this, and this. I wonder what they'll say to you because because you never know. It's what I've learned now. Same thing. I'm growing older. Is just perceptions the way they are. Like I have a perception of something, and I think, oh, this fucking person thinks this of me or this. And then when I actually address and talk to them, yeah, it's something completely different. Oh, totally, yeah. You know, and you never know. And like I said, for the picking people, the, the part that I do understand, there's fucking what are they seeing? Eight hundred, a thousand comedians. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then in their head, they're trying maybe to, to put a map in front of them and not even say where the comedian's from. It has nothing to do with Toronto, Montreal. They're like, okay, this is what we have. We have these thousand. And then let's say they'll rate them, right? It's subjective. Yeah. You know how it is. Oh. Um, so, and then just in the rating system, 
you'll fall, I'll fall short of that. Yeah. You know, they'll be like, no, because this is what we like. Yeah. Right? So it's not a personal thing. It's not because it's Andrew Searles. It's because, I don't know, score 86 yeah. and score 83, you know, uh, Searles Pantels, for example. Yeah. They're there, but we have so many 87s, so many 90s, yeah. right? Let's fill, kind of like you're building a sports team. Yeah. Right? That, so there's, there could be a shitload of that happening, too. You are right, though. There are times where you see something, you're like, that is not a professional comedian. Why is that yeah. person there? Yeah, it happens. But um, oh, for me, I feel it's personal. I feel it's oh, directed. okay, that's fine. I you must have, you must have fucked the wrong person, man. I don't know what I did to the point where I've had comics actually pull me aside, and and even message me on Facebook and just like, yo, did you piss off certain certain person? I was like, I don't think so. They're like, I don't get why you never done just for laughs. I was like, I don't get it either. <laughs> the, the, my, and even other people in the industry who actually not work for just for laughs, but they're part of the industry, so they know what's going on, and they're just like. They're like, oh, so was he at Just for Laughs this year? I was like, I've yeah. never been Just for Laughs. And then they're like, what? I don't get it. I don't understand. You should have been there long ago. I was like, I know, but for some reason. <laughs> Mostly LA comics make fun of me for that. Uh, I remember I got off stage and because uh, before I had said they were talking about Montreal. Oh, you're from Montreal. You do Just for Laughs. Like, no, I never, I've never done it, you know? Yeah. And I got off and they're like, yeah, why haven't you done Just for Laughs? Did you tell the wrong person to go fuck themselves? Like, yeah. how is that not in Just... Yeah. And I was like, well, it's not... You know, you talk to them. Like, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Oh, yeah. But they always like, you must have done something because yeah. of, of my attitude. Yeah. They think I must have told somebody to go fuck themselves. Yeah. But honestly, all the people that I know from Just for Laughs, I, uh, I don't know, we never had any any bad blood. And even now, I play like on in the Just for Laughs hockey league on Saturdays with the, like, the other comics. Yeah. And everybody there, they're super chill. Super oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. so I, 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 that's why I'm thinking a lot of it might not be personal. Then again, you, it could be. Fuck, I don't know. I'm just telling you my story. Yeah, yeah. With you, it could be fucking, you may have said the wrong thing at some point, looked at the wrong person, yeah. and people hold grudges. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I feel it's, uh, uh, and I've, so, I've spoken this with a couple of veterans, and they, they've kind of backed me on it, where it's kind of like, if you do one bad audition or one okay audition they kind of remember that forever you know there's some people where it's just like 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 they'll burn you like you'll just like you do one bad audition you can you might do 10 amazing auditions yeah you know and you do one bad audition so you say for example you do five amazing auditions and then one bad audition and five amazing auditions after that years later they'll be like yeah but you did that one bad audition Uh and they're like yeah but i did five amazing before and five amazing after but they're like yeah but there was that one and i'm like why are you holding this one against me you know my my i've done three my first one was uh just average if anything it wasn't yeah. bad but it was like not one of my yeah. it was strong for the night in comparison yeah but it wasn't i know myself you know yeah. it wasn't the best the second audition was very good i got a like a, people got up and were clapping and this and that at the end of it i was the last one up yeah. uh, and I, that's when i thought i got it yeah. uh, last year it didn't and then this year i had a good audition to the point where I didn't even do my killer closing bit. Yeah. I closed on on a, on a, one of my opening jokes. Yeah. Uh, and it still got a good pop, right? So I had another. I was like, oh, fuck, nice. I didn't even have to use the big guns. Yeah. Still got a roar from the crowd. This is a good set. Yeah. This might get me in. Yeah. Again, this year I'm not in. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's why sometimes it makes me think, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm having good sets. Uh, as a comedian, I'm doing my thing. I'm out there. I'm doing shows. I'm successful. Yeah. Uh, doesn't help. Yeah. I don't know. I... Yeah, there are times where you try to figure out. I remember one one year, one time I had a bad audition, but that was because I was asked like the week before the show, and I was like, I think I was in midterms or something or in my finals, uh, so like I had no time to prep. I was like, hey, you want to audition on Sunday? And I was like, like most comics got like two months, yeah, three months of like, okay, I I could prep and because I mean like when you're there's a difference between doing. 
a show. A seven and minutes a- just for laughs. Sorry, there's a difference between a seven minute set and a seven minutes just for laughs set. You know, and like that seven minutes just for laughs set is like your tightest. You know, you cut things out, you make things tighter. You know, yeah. so it's like when I'm in midterms and I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I'm in school and I got classes and I don't, I don't have time. So I think I was, I hated that set. And uh, I think my friend came to the show and she knew I had a bad set because as soon as I. I said, hey, thanks for guys coming. And I put the microphone aside. I kind of, she's like, you gave the audience a dirty look. And I was like, really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> no, we do that a lot. Sometimes if I have a shit set, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it on stage. Like, I'm done. And the, the host coming, like, fuck, that was brutal. Like, yeah. you know, like, because <laughs> sometimes you, you, sometimes you eat a dick up there. Like, uh, oh, yeah, totally. It sucks if it happens during just for laughs, but there's so many different factors. It could be you. Sometimes you ever feel when you're on stage and you're just not delivering at your level? Yeah, oh, totally. It happens. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine days where you're not delivering at your level, but it's also an audience that has no give. Yeah. They're not. Oh, oh man. And if they both combine, yeah. that's a terrible set. Because normally it's one or the other. Sometimes you're delivering high level. You're like, oh, this is my best delivery of this joke ever. Yeah. But they're not they're on right board. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. Oh, yeah. But when they're both, when you're the, yeah. you're you're dead in the water, that's going to be yeah. the longest 10, 15, whatever time you have to do. Yeah. Because you can't get off, right? As a pro con. I've never seen pros get off. No. Uh, I've seen some open micers be like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. And they fuck off, right? Yeah. Oh, um, me, I'm just like, uh, I'm going down with the oh, ship. Oh, me too. Like, I'll, I'm like the Titanic captain. I was like, we're going down. <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking roll my sleeves up and go with it. I'll try my best to dig us out of a hole Yeah. Uh, and, and keep some kind of laugh momentum for the next comedian. Yeah. But you but never know how it's going to go. Some shows like that, what I'll do is if I know they're being weird or if I know they're being shit. You'll mention it? I'll accept it. And therefore, it lowers the bar in my head. And therefore, I start to have fun. Because okay, then, I'm, then I, instead of spending the rest of the set trying to win them over, I'm just like, you know what? If you guys don't want to win one, if you guys don't want to be won over, I'm just going to do this for myself. And then, and then I enjoy the rest of the set. And I've done, I, I did this one show at a bar uh, back in, uh, was it Pasadena? Or, no, it was in Glendale, California, a couple weeks, uh, about a month ago. And the audience wasn't that many people. It was, it was one of those shows where, like, it was all comics mostly, and they were just staring at me because they didn't know me. And um, because I knew they were being shit and weird, I accepted it. But when I got on stage, and I got on stage, and I had fun. And I got off, and the old booker was like, I'm so sorry. It kind of sucked. I was like, ah, don't worry, boo. I had fun. And he's yeah, like, you sure? He's like, are you being sarcastic? I was like, no, man. Like, I knew there was shit, so I accepted it. And then I had fun. And I just did it for myself, you know? Yeah, that's... Because if you try to win over a shitty audience, you're not gonna. It's not gonna win. It's not gonna happen. It's hard for us as comic. I don't know if it's yeah. the ego or whatever. But we always try to win them over. Yeah. You know, I'm all. Like, I found myself sometimes trying and just hitting a brick wall. Yeah. Feel like nothing is. The worst is, is um, man. I've had a month ago when I went with Derek and Abdul went to Knowlton. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, it, it was a little. Was it the Scotties club? Yeah. It was like a little bar or some yeah, shit. Yeah. Scotties probably. Yeah. It was not. It was not a good night for us. Yeah. Um. I don't know. They weren't that into it. I tried. Abdul tried. We all tried, right? Yeah. But what was weird is they had these weird peaks and valleys. Yeah. So they weren't laughing at like jokes that are known to make mm-hmm. people laugh, like good punchline setup. And then they're laughing at random facts about the bar that I'm mentioning or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was so hard to gauge what to use, right? And then you'd yeah. mention something else about the town and they wouldn't find that funny. Yeah. So you have to go back to And it was just such a weird line to... It was like It was like people that have never seen... Stand-up comedy before live, okay. it, it felt it felt that way where they didn't know how to act, how yeah. to react. It was it was very tough, but uh, I tried to have fun with it. But it wasn't that much fun. I wasn't. I was fun with the people yeah. I was with. I had fun with Abdul and Derek. Yeah. But we weren't. 
I wasn't sure that you could laugh about like uh-huh. during and be like, oh, it's fucked up. Derek did though; he had a great time. He won okay. them over in the end. Yeah. But that show over there, the one that you see with Mike Patterson, oh, yeah. uh, swing into spring, it was a fundraiser. That was a fucking shit show. <laughs> that was a fucking shit show. Mike Patterson went on early and they would not shut up. We're talking about like fucking eight hundred people just blah 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 blah. He kept stopping to ask them, "Do you people not like me? Like, what the fuck are you doing?" Type of type <laughs> of shit. <laughs> and they just kept yapping, yapping, yapping. By the time I got on, they put me, the, the only two comedians, they put me all the way at the end of the show uh. after a girl who sings like Whitney Houston. Uh. So how do you go from Whitney Houston to uh, dick jokes? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and they hated it, but I had so much fun. Yeah. I had accepted it beforehand. Exactly. I go, They're yeah. all going to be mad. They're going to be very offended. Oh, totally. Very offended. They yeah. want Whitney for an encore, but I'm going up there. Yeah. This is going to be bad. Yeah. And it was. But for me, I was smiling. I was having a great fucking time. It was one of the best times I had on stage. Exactly. And yeah. they hated me. Because you, cause you, uh, you accepted the situation. Yeah. That's why. The worst is when, when uh, it's one thing when it's a bad audience and then and you're not getting along well with them for some reason, but it's, it's, it what's worse is if it's if the audience is amazing and you get on stage and for and some you're not, reason you're not pulling your weight. Yeah, oh. that's the worst. And I'm just like I'm like they're amazing, but I'm like I don't know why I'm not meshing with them. Why aren't they, why aren't they getting me? You know, but I mean like it's one of those things where. That's just the nature of the beast, you know? Like, some audiences you're just going to get along amazing with, and some audiences will just hate you for no reason, and and that's the way it is, and, you know, but you got to take the good of the bad. But mm. that's one of the worst feelings where, and I've done shows at The Nest and The Works years ago where the audience was amazing, and I'm just like, I'm going ha- to go on stage, I'm going to kill this audience. And you get on, and for some reason, you and the audience just, you're like oil and water, and it's it just, just like mix. not mixing, and you're like, I'm having a shitty set. And, uh-huh. you, and you're like, the show is that you just want to go home and cry. It. And people are like, hey, let's hang out for a drink after. I was like, no, I don't want these people to see me. I'm like, I just want to go home. And oh, it's, those are the worst shows. Those are the worst. You just want to stick your face in. I've done shows where it's like, I'm just going to stay in the green room, not only until the show is done, but 10 after, minutes yeah, after so the show is done. Yeah, so I see anybody. Exactly, yeah. yeah <laughs> at the Comedy Nest, when you have the two show weekends, right, the 8 o'clock and the 10.30, yeah. if you have a shitty 8 o'clock, that's what happens. You're like, fuck, I got to stay for the 10.30. I can't just go home and cry. Yeah. Uh, so you got to stay there in yeah. that shit. And then you have that mindset of, I have to knock the second one out the park, Yeah. right, you to make to, up yeah, for it. Yeah. And if you don't... Yeah. That's going to be the worst weekend of your life. Yeah. You're going to dwell on it the whole week. It's yeah. just going <laughs> to... Normally, I don't have back-to-back bad shows yeah. uh, at the Nest. It doesn't happen. Well, usually on a five-show weekend, there's always... You're going to have some offs. Yeah. But when, I, I when... haven't had back-to-back yet. Yeah. It's rare, it's rare to have back-to-back. Normally, on a five-show weekend, there's always one amazing show, three good shows, and one awkward or bad show. And that's usually, on average, that's usually how it works out. You, you had the awkward one yesterday. You had the bad one yesterday. It was... It was the awkward, but I did good on them. That's good, at least. So yeah, but they were they were like the weird. It's one of those things like I'm used to it, and I know what the nest is like because the nest could, could the nest crowds could really throw some curveballs because like I've been doing this 14 years, you know. I'm like okay, I know what the nest could throw. Like, like you got, there's nothing that could surprise me anymore. I yeah, the, the, it's funny you say that because <laughs> people people mention that a lot. Like the nest, you could tell I don't know a, a, a race joke one day, right? Yeah. 
the same joke the next or the next show in the same night. Yeah. And from an audience full of laughter, you could say it again the exact same way yeah. and you're going to get gasps. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And you don't... Yeah, that room is fucking complicated. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's our premier club. A lot of different people are going to stroll in. People yeah. who know comedy, people who don't. Yeah. So you don't know what you're going to get. I think the Nest is one of the hardest rooms in Canada. It is. I, th- I would definitely say so. But it's good when you're starting out because it makes you tougher to the point where... To me, it's like the nest is hard, but if you could do well at the nest, anywhere else in Canada is a piece of cake. Yeah, piece I noticed that cake. when I went to Ottawa. I went just to fuck around on one of their Mondays. Yeah. Those uh, Absolute. Oh, yeah. And uh, I went to, during the winter. We drove down there We on purpose because everybody kept saying, have you ever done Ottawa? Have you ever done? It's yeah. such a fun club, this and that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's just try it out. And it was one of those through the snow, tired, show up there just to do your set and then drive back two hours, right? Yeah. And I wasn't. I wasn't at a hundred percent. I maybe gave it sixty, seventy. Yeah. But that fucking crowd yeah. was <laughs> reacting like I was fucking Kevin Hart in a stadium. Yeah. Like they were reacting like everything was was golden. Yeah. And in the back of mind, I was like, holy shit! If I come here for a weekend and give them a hundred percent, how are they going to be? This room's going to blow up. And Frankel was there last week, yeah. and he said it was killer. Just shows just destruction. Yeah. You're destroying. If you're a good comic, you're gonna destroy in that room. Yeah, that seems easy. Yeah, if even if you're just a good comic, you'll do extremely well there. That's and amazing like, that that oh, exists. So good. So such a. That honestly, and a lot of comics kind of shit on Absolute Comedy Ottawa because Why? Like, it's one of the best. Uh, like because they say it's, it's a fantasy. They're like, oh, it's not real. It's it's too easy. I was like, you know what? For every shitty ass show you have to go out and do, and you have to do your job, there's an Absolute Comedy. So go on, go to Ottawa, have a blast, and live like a king because those are going to be the best shows you're going to have that year. And there's going to be some shitty shows. And when you hit that shitty show, you're going to wish for those absolute shows to be like, oh, I wish the audience was amazing. Well, you did have an amazing audience, but you shit on them because you didn't think they were real. So go fuck yourself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you got to take those, man, because like for every every absolute Ottawa, you're going to get a fucking Grumpies. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, have you done Grumpies? <laughs> My days of Grumpy are way over. Oh, mine too. I, I, uh, I'm i never... You know how many times I did it? Yeah. Once. I think I did it once. I think I, once, maybe twice. I most. did it once because they're like... Because I had some, a couple of good sets in a row, yeah. And then Mike Mayo was like, "Okay, it's time to bring your uh, your confidence back down to the shitter." Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, let's go, you know. And it was late, yeah. and we go to Grumpy's, and I was trying to talk while there was people a foot away from me yeah. having full on loud conversation, yeah. and somebody else telling me to go fuck myself from the wow. other side while I'm on stage. And I did my time. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, never again." Yeah. It was like performing in a Turkish soccer stadium, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, "Never again," but. It does have its value. Like uh, that, that I remember that room. I only had to do it once, but it taught me as many good sets as you're gonna do. Yeah, you're gonna have a garbage set to get yeah. used to it. Like yeah. that's life. It taught me that. Yeah, and it taught me that I could also go through anything. Like I, because I, I finished my time. Yeah, I did my time. I sat there, even though there was one guy telling me to go fuck myself. Yeah, I said that. Ah, don't worry. I'll, I'll stay and I'll do my set. Don't, don't get upset. Yeah. So it teaches you to do your time. Yeah. I remember. Uh, oh, I stopped doing it for a while. I stopped doing it like maybe. Jeez, 2000. I was there with David Ackerflute. This is eon. This is like 2006, 2007. It was ages ago, and um, I did it once or twice, and I was like, "That's it. I'm done. I've learned. I've 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 gained anything. Everything I've needed to learn from, from this here. room. Yeah, yeah, that's the same way I felt from the first time. I was like, "There's nothing. I could go through it again. Yeah, but I won't learn anything new. I've learned what I need to learn. Yeah, I'm not going through this shit again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and like a lot of comics are doing it a lot, and they're yeah. like. 
well, you know, it builds your character and it makes it, it show it. Uh, it's uh, it's a way to test to see how well you do in front of an audience that's not listening to you. I was like, yeah, it does. It's true. It's true. But you only need to do that once, just to br- just to kind of shoot down your your professional ego to be like, yep, there'll be a show where no one's talking to you and you still got to plow through. And uh, and they're just like, no, you should still do it. I was like, I don't need to still do this. No. Like, no. But it's the funny thing is the comics that are telling me that I should still do this because it's it's good for my comedy are still doing grumpies and I'm still and I'm the one that's on the road touring. So I'm just like, well, one of us made a good decision in our career. One of us obviously thought they're making a good decision. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> same thing with me. A lot of the guys that were pushing me are, are still doing all the open mics. They're not doing any paid. Uh, yeah. Paid work. That's always how it is. Because you, like, can't, you can't um, keep milking the same thing. Oh, uh, Yeah, you did it. You learned from it. You got to move on to the next. You got to try to get into the, the clubs and, and the big club. Try to get into the nest yeah. and try to get that to open doors for you in another city and, yeah. and you know, network. But, the, but a lot of them, they think that by doing rooms, that's what makes your comedy better and that's what makes you a better comedian. I was just like... It could be. I guess it yeah, depends, it depends on the comedy. No. Because you could be a great comedian yeah. but not have had the right opportunities yeah. and not have uh, the right, I don't know, agent or the right, uh, you know, just people around you yeah. to help you go to that next level. Because yeah. there are comedians, like I see a lot of, there, there's a lot of young guys that I've seen on the open mic scene here yeah. and some that I really like. Yeah. Like if they continue, they're gonna be fucking way funnier than any of us. Oh, totally. But, but by by but only sticking to the rooms, that's gonna be a that's problem. The thing. But so they don't. Far, but that's a lot of comics think by sticking to the rooms and not doing the clubs that they're gonna be huge. It's like, yeah, no, but where you, you get your exposure clubs. is at the clubs. Yeah, you, know? you have to do the clubs. You yeah. have to do the clubs. Because I've seen, especially in LA, in LA, I see it all the time. Oh my gosh, there's so many guys in LA that think they're great comics. I'm just like. Your shit, because <laughs> but they do these alternative rooms, they do these bar shows, and like I want to be a great comic. I was like, that's great, but you're not gonna get the you're not gonna get to the top by sticking to the bottom seat, you know, like by by, by being a bottom feeder. You gotta you gotta get to the clubs and you gotta you gotta work your way up, you know. You gotta you gotta be you gotta go to the. It's like how would you say if you want to be seen like uh, how would you say like for an actor or, an, uh, or a model if you if you want to be seen you got to hang out at the clubs to be noticed by the right people right but a lot of people think oh I want to be seen at the clubs but I'll stick to the bars it's like what, what do you no. want you got to yeah, pick well, one you know it's a conversation I had with um, Derek and Abdul hmm. I don't think I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not but yeah. I know that we talked about it because uh, we were talking about comedians in just in Montreal in general, because a lot of produced shows, yeah. and they're very niche. Yeah. And when tested in a club environment without the room being padded yeah. with their people, yeah. you know, people who are expecting those jokes who know and are just come to support blindly, yeah. they don't do well. Oh, totally. And they, they get flustered, they get upset, they don't understand what it is, they blame the audience, start going mm-hmm. crazy. But the reason is because they were never tested in an environment where people don't know you, yeah, you have to. You have fucking five minutes to both gain their trust, yeah. and make them laugh. Yeah, right. That's a skill in itself. Yeah. and it's hard. You don't always hit the mark. You know how it is. Sometimes oh. you go on stage and just it's seven or five or ten, fifteen minutes of bombing. Yeah, you know. Also. So and they never expose themselves to that. Yeah, they they're the ones I guess that live in that fantasy that you said. Yeah, because it's completely manufactured and it's completely um, in. Not inconsequential to the rest of their game, but it's just it's something that they cannot transfer. Yeah, they can't bring the same twenty people to every show they do across the world if they oh, would ever do that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They can't do that. Yeah. Because so, yeah, they they um, yeah, you can't you can't have 
you can't do a niche show to a niche market and then bring a niche show to a wide open market and it's and still expect the same results you it's, know? Not like, it's not it's not gonna happen I, I, and i'm only i'm not saying it because i don't want it to happen i'm yeah. saying because i've seen it here in montreal done oh yeah where oh this person you know x y that i haven't seen do comedy and like oh you should watch this person because uh it's very good yeah they, they did this show and this show and i'm like i never heard of this show and like oh yeah it's a show that we do here monthly or we do this and i'm like okay whatever and then i'll go watch them because i'm curious you know i yeah. like good i like good comedy yeah and like wow this is yeah, you can't do this at the club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get no laughs, right? Yeah, because you they ha- they have to adapt the show to an open market, be- uh, to a wider market. Because when you're in that niche market, if you say certain words and certain things, everybody knows what that is. So like, yeah, yeah. We know. But if you bring that to a show where nobody knows what that is, they're not gonna get it. You know, so you have to. That would be like me doing your- jokes only about Park X. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like doing sh- exactly. It's like doing jokes about Park X in Toronto. People are going to be like, what? Yeah. What is Park X? You know, Park you know how Steve, guys, you know how he likes to wear his pants? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who's yeah. Steve? Yeah. Like, uh, you know when you go down Cremacy? Like, what? No, yeah, yeah, I, know, yeah. I know the Queen Parkway. But the Bloomfield <laughs> boys, bro. So it was me. It was my buddy, Mooch. <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, we don't understand you. Yeah. But you know what? It's Those are the people that, you know, you look at that and you just go like, okay, well, you do your thing and I'll do my thing and we'll see who does well and... Good luck to everyone, but you know, but like uh, some people don't understand that the business of entertainment business. They yeah. just think that like, oh, I'm funny, I'm talented, and that's what's going to shoot me up there. It's like, yeah, in the '90s it did, but not now. Now there's too many of us. Yeah, there's, the market's ex- too saturated now, to the point where I actually, I actually wonder if that bubble is going to pop. And then I was thinking be the same thing. Of, I, I was thinking comics. the same thing because yeah. a lot of people are going into it now. Remember when it was, like, I remember even when I started, I had an, a mindset of it was more of a lifestyle. Yeah. When I first started doing comedy, I didn't do it because I thought, oh, this is a career path. Yeah. I did it because, like, oh, this is a lot of fun. I'm loving it. You know, I'm getting to express myself. And, yeah. and I'm, I love the process of writing jokes, yeah. testing them, them not working, tweaking. I love that whole thing. Yeah. And I fell in love with it. And then when I started to get paid to do it, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, there's, a, there's an option here, right? Yeah. And then I think my biggest thing was when I first started to do the, the clubs at the weekends, mm-hmm. right? When I started getting my first, second weekend spot, when I got paid spots, this and that, that's when everything changed for me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is a great thing, right? Because they're, it, it, they're adding money yeah. to something I love doing. Yeah. However, I see a lot, well, not a lot, I, I know a handful of them because we've talked about this, that are in it. They're like, oh, there's money in this right now. There's money in this right now. Yeah. They didn't come into it from the the, the approach of I love doing this. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm I'm okay at this, but there's money in it. Let me try to yeah. get in on it. There, there's fame, there's money, and that mindset might fuck the rest of us over because if they're all just jumping in for that, yeah. you know, like the jock that just wants to get laid, that kind of yeah. mentality, um, it happens because there's a couple of, I know that we probably know together that we see here yeah. that just do it for that reason. They're right. like, oh, this is this is just uh, or people that call themselves comedians but have never gotten a paid spot, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, well, those are the guys that disappear after a year or two. Yeah, they'll, dis- <laughs> they'll disappear. But the thing is, they're in the market, and you know, people see. Like right now, when we're talking about Montreal comedy, and we're like, "Hey, a lot of the good Montreal comedians aren't getting picked." Yeah. We don't know when these people who are going to look around, apart from auditions, mm. to go see comedy in the city. They, there's like, I don't know. Let's say there's ten shows in a week, and there, you know, some produce shows. There's the clubs, and they go around to all of them, right? Yeah. What if that's the week when they're going? And they're going to find some regular Montreal names. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're going to find fucking flimsy flu and this person and that person that are just doing it for the fuck. And they're just garbage, right? Yeah. And like, you know what? Fuck this scene. I went to three shows this week and this scene is garbage, yeah. right? 
So there's all of that. They, it saturates the market. They put too much garbage in, yeah. and they take... Uh, they and take a, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, they take away stage time from better comics. Yeah. And also lowers the, the value of comedy as well. Because uh, at one point, uh, a lot of comics were producing shows. It was like about five years ago. They're producing shows and then doing... They're actually taking over shows from professional comics because they're offering the same comedy show for a lower them. price. Yeah. yeah. And then and then people will be like, okay, well go with this show because it's lower. And then a couple of times uh the the the, the original booker was like, Hey, listen, sure they're offering at a cheaper price, but my you're gonna get a quality show out of mine. Like, no, no. And for some people it's all about money. So it's like, all right, I get it. If you're an organization, it's about the cheapest cut. All right, fine. And they do it. And then the organization goes, oh, that was comedy? Well, we don't want to do this anymore. And I've seen a lot of shows. They book comedy shows every year or every six months, and all of a sudden they don't want to do it anymore because all the crappy comics that were up, that got their friends together offer them a subpar product, and then people are like, oh, well, if that's what comedy is, then I don't want to do it anymore. I actually, I think we're thinking of the same examples. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> probably the same uh, people in mind. Yeah, I was, talking to, I was talking to Franco about this, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of them in this city that are notorious for doing it. Yeah. And uh, they ruin it for, 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 let's say, good comics that are producing shows. Yeah. Because that's what happens. They, the next year, they get approached. You know, they want to do some kind of a event. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to stand? No, no, we tried that last year with this person, X person. Yeah. And it didn't work. We're not good for comedy. And we're like, that, that's not a comedian. What are you talking about? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's an open micer. Yeah. You, paid an, you gave $1,000 to an open micer yeah. to do a half hour. Yeah. How did you think it was going to go? Exactly, yeah. Like, what did you think was going to happen? It ruins it, yeah. And, and they, but they don't understand that, like... It's an art form, and if you, even if you are going to book a show, even if you are an open micer and, you, and someone gives you an opportunity to do a show, book someone professional on the show. At yeah. least one. At least one. Put the headliner to kill it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, don't just book your friends and then, well, we're all funny guys, so whatever, like, doesn't matter. Like, just, like, at least have some professionalism on it to even justify the price or, or to ensure that, because it's like it's like cutting your nose to spite your face, right? Like, yeah. yeah, you make all this money now, but in the future, no one's gonna make money. So you screwed everyone out of this. So it happens often. Oh yeah, it happens often. I think now it hasn't happened as much because all those shows that were <laughs> were regular are all gone now. So it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> I think only Franco has uh, like a long line of shows. For what is it six months out of the year where he's just weekend, 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 weekend? Oh yeah, totally yeah, easy. Oh, he's doing it good. He's because he gives them a good product. Yeah. He knows how to put it together. He, yeah. he thinks about who he's going to put on each show. Yeah. There's a lot of... Uh... And, and it's stuff like that. I, I uh, Not just Franco, but like a lot of comics where it's like... Even me, like when I was booking my own shows, I wasn't... Like the first show I did at Theater St. Catherine, it was Franco hosted. Uh, and I had Rodney and Guido on the show as well. And it was... Like between me, Rodney, Guido, and Franco, that's... That's that, a good show. Yeah, exactly. That's a very solid show. But I don't want to be that person where I'm going to book... Uh, a subpar comic or an okay comic to make me look good. Oh, no, I, th- that doesn't you know. make you look good. Yeah. What I, You know what I've noticed? Because a lot of people think that that's the way to go, right? To put yeah. shit comics in front of you. You know what happens? The uh, the bar, yes, is lowered. They're like, yeah. oh, this is comedy. So then you do seem different. But a lot of the times, you lose their interest already, so it's hard to get it back. Yeah. And they feel that awkwardness never leaves. Yeah. Where they're like, I thought I was seeing a professional show. Yeah. This guy just yeah. talked about his zipper not yeah. zipping. What is going on? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and I've it, seen shows like that where yeah. it's just like, oh, it's a good show, but that one guy. Yeah, yeah. They, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I would never book a show like that. Dude, I'm yeah. like, I book shows where it's like, 
people see the show and they're like, that was a good show from beginning to end. That's you know? how you're supposed to book a show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, but it happens. It's, it's happened to me, man. And, and one of them, I had to talk to him after because he's one of my friends. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you was that an open mic? Like, you were just trying new fucking jokes the whole time? Like, yeah. they sat there for 15 minutes and there was like three laughs. Yeah. And then you made it hard for the next guy to go on. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. what happens is... the. You're you're not really solo as a comedian, depending yeah. on where you're on the show, right? Yeah. You're 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 building towards the full po- product, the yeah. final the final reveal of of the headliner, let's say. Yeah. And you're trying to slowly and steadily build up. That doesn't mean that the first guy is the least funny and the last guy is the most funny. Yeah. It just means that you're trying to make it so that there's a steady stream of laughs. Yeah. So that the audience is very comfortable laughing as soon as something funny happens. Yeah. That when it gets to the headliner. He doesn't have to work. When he says a joke, they're going to be on board and they're going to laugh. That's yeah. kind of your job. Yeah. And as a host, your first thing is you make them comfortable. you know. And But they're all specific skill sets that are not easy, easily transferable. I am not a good host. I've mm. been asked to host. I've had some good experiences hosting. Yeah. A lot of it, I think, is luck because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And people are like, but you're a comedian. Isn't it the same thing? It is not the no, same thing. You know muscles. it. It's different muscle. <laughs> you either have it or you don't. Yeah. Uh, and you could teach it. You could train it like any other muscle. Yeah. But it's a, it's a different beast. Uh, I could you, you could put me to, to do 20 minutes yeah. and, I'll, and I'll give them a good time. You could ask me to host for five. I can't guarantee. Yeah. I can't guarantee that the yeah. five will be good if I'm hosting. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that happens. You need to build from beginning to end. And the better the comics are, even if the first one is a killer yeah. and the second one is just not as good, it doesn't matter. They're going to be on board laughing like, oh, I'm loving these guys. It's fun. Yeah. But the second you throw a shit comic in the middle, it's like a cake. It could be the best tasting cake in the world. Yeah. If I tell you, but in the middle, there's a piece of shit. Yeah. You'd be like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. You're like, no, no, but it's the best cake in the world. Look at that round. You know, try to avoid it. It's like, no, man, there's fucking shit in this cake. I don't want this fucking cake. Exactly. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, exactly. People will be like, oh, the cake tastes amazing, but that one bit there. Yeah, that piece of shit. I'm never forgetting about that shit. I yeah. can't have this cake anymore. Yeah. You know, I exactly. love how you took time to make it, but yeah. I don't want no more shit in my mouth. Yeah. That's that's exactly, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly. What, and, what and, and, and people from that, people are like, just go, well, you know what? I don't want cake anymore. And then that's it. They've, they're, they're turned off cake for a while and they don't want to come back to a show because. You know, you get you uh, you gave them a subpar uh, subpar product, you know, but it ruins it for everyone. It, it's a blowback for everyone. Even hosting, hosting, I've seen so many uh, bad hosts. So so many, I see so many bad hosts because some comics think comedy and hosting is the same thing. It is not, and and like even people are like they're like they're a year in or like they're a couple months in. They're like, okay, I want to host now. I was like. Do not fuck it. Like I've told comics, I'm like, do not host until you have 20 minutes of solid material, then host. Uh, David Acker, yeah, o- owns the Comedy Nest, right? Now the Comedy Nest, one of the hardest rooms in Canada. It's it's Montreal's premier comedy club, yep. and it's one of the better comedy club, if not one of the best in Canada. It's a yep. great club. Uh, so you know, it's my home club. I, I love anytime he asks me, as long as you know something stop, uh, not stop me, I'm gonna go and do a show, no yep. matter what it is. So he had asked me uh, about a year ago, and I think it was when Brian Scalaro was back in town. Yeah. Uh, have you ever hosted before? And I was like, nah, not really. Like I hosted once at an open mic or something. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not much of a host. He's like, all right, great. I think you could do it. Uh, Saturday, both shows, you'll host. And I was like, nah, you know, uh, like um, uh, Paul's there, Jeff's there. Get them to host or something, right? Yeah. It just put me on. I'll do like a tenth, whatever you need. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. I wanna. I think it'll be good. You stretch that muscle. I, you know, I see the way you are. Yeah. I think you could do this. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy who knows what he's doing yeah. is putting this much faith in me. Yeah. Maybe he's right. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. I go, maybe he's fucking right. But if I bomb, he's going to kill me. Yeah. You know? So that whole pressure is in my head. And I was like, so what do you want me to do? Not do material? 
He's like, no, man, that's not what you do. You have your material, but it's in your back pocket. Yeah. And should the opportunity arise, you bring something. And he's trying to give yeah. good tips. You know what I mean? And he was. Like, I kept a lot of stuff in my head, you know, after yeah. talking to him. Uh, and I tried to use it on stage. And it was weird because as the night would progress, every time I'd go on, the audience would be happier and happier to see me because I was doing different things, little gags when I was getting in, like saying something about a comedian, saying that, and it was yeah. working, but it was a buildup. Yeah. I was not able, even to this day, I hosted recently, yeah. not able to bring the heat from the beginning yeah. because I'm not a good host. Yeah. I, it takes me that buildup, like, okay, this guy, now we're liking him. You have, if you're a host, you need, they need to trust you instantly. Oh, easy, yeah. Instantly. Yeah. They don't trust me instantly. Yeah. Because you, because as the, as, as the host, you're the, you're just as important as the, headliner if not more important because you set up the show you're the backbone of the show right you're you're on from the beginning you bring up acts uh throughout the show and then you bring up the headliner so you are the backbone of the show and uh um like for you be, because you said I, like you said oh I, I don't feel i'm a good host yeah that's there's nothing wrong with that there's uh, like if you if you if you feel that's not your strong suit and you just prefer to host or, or not host um uh, middle or or or, uh, or open, by all means, go for it. You know yeah. because if that's your strong suit, then stick to your strong suit. You know because hosting is, yeah, it, it, it hosting could be something else at times, and other times it's fun. But and and the, yeah, and the points that Acker gave you was it was definitely it's definitely helpful. It's it's totally useful. But uh, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with with going like yeah, you know what, I'm I'm not a good host, but I just prefer to middle and. Yeah, I Go like middling. It. I like I like anything. <laughs> I like anything. I'm, if I'm performing, I'm having a good time. But the hosting, I'll still do it. Anything you know they need, especially the comedy yeah. they, If they tell me, can you pour some drinks? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm gonna pour some fucking drinks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm very. Uh, I wish I was good at hosting. Yeah. It's a great oh, muscle sure, yeah. to have. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe maybe in six months or next year you might be like. I like I like writing my because I also like the process. I like writing the jokes, yeah. um, editing, doing all that. I like that. As a host, yeah. you're you're very limited. On stage. Yeah, you're limited because you got to talk to the audience. You got to learn what they do. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what they do. Yeah. I could give a fuck. You know yeah. what? What do I care what they do? Yeah. You know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, what do I care in the sense that I don't want to be that guy that oh you're a fireman. Well, uh, let me tell you something about my hose. Like I don't want to be that guy. I can't yeah. be that tacky. Person, you know, even though there are gr- we have in the say some great hosts, yeah. like I've seen Darren Henwood fucking destroy hosting, like just brings up and knows what to do. Yeah. Rodney Ramsey, yeah. I've had him host one of my shows at the uh, Cafe Campus, yeah, fucking killer, yeah. Rodney, dude, you know, who's a fan of Rodney Ramsey, yeah. my mother, really, yeah, not a fan of me, but Rodney, she still fucking asks about Rodney Ramsey. <laughs> wow, yeah, and on That's that awesome. show, there was I think there was four other comics. And uh, it was, I think, the first time my mother ever came out to watch live stand-up comedy. Yeah. She's like, no, I have to see it. I'm very curious. You know, I want to see if you talk about me. Yeah. It's like, all right, whatever. My sister brought her to watch the show. And at the end of it, all she could say was like, that black guy, <laughs> that's a fucking comedian. Uh, and then every couple of months, you know, she's like, what are you doing today? You know, she's calling me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do some comedy. She's like, is that black guy going to be there? That's a fucking comedian. <laughs> that's great. Like, yeah, he's, he's going to be there. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. You know, <laughs> No, he has his own stuff to do. But yeah, she, Rodney, she really liked Rodney. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's rare that I actually host a mantra. I'm always, I, I'm always available to host, but like, I always just end up getting booked to, uh, to middle or open. And usually when I'm hosting, I'm usually hosting in like Toronto or Ottawa at the Absolute Comedy there. But yeah, it's rare I get the. It's very rare I actually host in Montreal. I'm only I'm hosting actually at the Comedy Works two weeks from now. Yeah, the 20th to 22nd I'm at the Comedy Works. 
But yeah, that's one of the few times in like a long time I posted in Montreal. Yeah, I don't know why. When? It, when was this the uh, the host that you did? When was the hosting? Uh, well, I'll be hosting at the Comedy Works in two weeks. Oh, you're still, you're still here. It's true. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, oh, the 24th. 24th. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's actually badass. Who's, uh, who's headlining that weekend? I have no idea. <laughs> I asked the club. I was like, who's host, Who's headlining? We they're don't like, know. We don't know. And, Whoever and like, comes to town. Yeah. And then I looked on the website. Nothing's on the website. So I was like, all right, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen. Is that the first weekend after Just for Laughs? Before Just for Laughs. Oh, right before? Yeah, because I think Just for Laughs is happening. No, Just for Laughs starts now in three days. Oh, really? And well, nothing's go- happened. Because cl- even the Nest is uh, the Nest doesn't have anything till to Another two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they have... I think their shows at the Nest is the 25th to 28th, I think, is or 27th to 29th. Too. I think it builds up. I think maybe Just for Laughs does like the for the off stuff more, mm-hmm. and then maybe it builds up. Yeah. But they have a lot of people coming this year. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Not us, though. No, not us. <laughs> I, it's too hard to fly us down from yeah, Park X. From, uh, yeah, from the West Side. We're going to give X. this guy a bus pass. Fuck him. I know. Give me an Opus card. I'll come down. Yeah, <laughs> don't even give me. I'll do it for fucking the first time. I'll do it for free. I'll give you that first taste for free, JFL. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give it for free. But then after that, you gotta you gotta start paying. Yeah, not even the Opus card. Just give me like the tr- the AT- the AMT card. Yeah, there from, you go. Uh, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna be a little bougie. Just give me the train pass. <laughs> it's funny because one day hopefully it happens and then we have a different outlook on everything. No. But it is difficult. It's it's weird for us because a lot of comedians I don't care. I speak to a lot of comics on the scene that are like, I don't give a I fuck just for last. Fuck this and that, right? Yeah. But for me, because it, it's always been there, you know, looming over my head. Yeah. Oh, that's one of the goals. Yeah. Right. It's always been. That's one of the goals of being a comedian. Yeah. One of the goals is reaching that. Yeah. And then you move on to other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's one of them. Yeah. So that's something you need to get. Yeah. Where in the end, it's true. It doesn't really matter because it doesn't matter anymore. It's not. It's not the end all be all. No, like, it's not the end all be all like it used to be. But still, yeah. I, it's more for personal. Yeah, it's a personal. Yeah, it's, it's a, a personal, personal gratification yeah. thing. But in the end, for me, I'm like. I'm like, yeah, okay, I look at people who've gotten just for laughs, and I'm just like, okay. Some people have, have done well with it. Other people haven't. And, but I'm like, in the end, I'm working. I'm on the road. I'm doing shows in different cities or, or, or traveling. So I'm like, you know what? I think that, in the end, is really the end goal because if you get just for laughs and – like I've seen people – I remember years ago, I'd see people who got just for laughs – and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll see you at the open mic on Monday. Yeah, all right, cool, thanks. <laughs> that, you know, so – does it really take you anywhere? Not no, really. It no, it doesn't but take you anymore. You just need to know how to use it. Yeah, you need to know how to use it, yeah. Uh, but I'm with you on that. It makes sense. I, you know what I'd prefer? You know what would be bigger for me probably career-wise? If I'd get the 4-H podcast on like SiriusXM. Oh, nice. That would be bigger. Yeah. From, for me, at least, because that would do a lot more. It would open up a new audience for me. It would yeah. do all kinds. And that's kind of where that show really would fit. You yeah. know? But that would do more. Imagine, that would do more directly yeah. than getting a spot at JFL. Oh, totally, yeah. That was, so that's fucked up, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the end, it's like, as long as you're working, as long as you're working on your craft, I think that means more than, than anything, because people who got, I've seen people who got JFL, and they really don't go anywhere, and then people who didn't get just for laughs, I'm like, all right, well, I'd like to complain, but I'm working in this city this week, and next week I'm in a different city, so and I'm busy for the next 30 weeks. So I was like, well, I guess that's more better than, well. <laughs> more better. <laughs> more better, yeah. My English is good. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I think I think that's more uh, in the long run, just a, just a better choice and a better path to just keep busy and just keep working on your craft. You know? uh, did you ever think of starting a podcast or a blog or something like that? A live a vlog, maybe. Uh, I've had a lot of people tell me to do a vlog. 
it's just a lot of work. It is a lot. I'll tell you, all this shit, the podcast, it's all a lot of fucking work. Yeah. Gratifying in the end, only after you release. But until release, you're like, what the fuck am I? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Because people don't realize how much thought goes into preparation and this setting up and then recording and then editing and then anything this with vlogs you're editing video your face is on the whole time you're, yeah. you know you got to keep it interesting at least the podcast you have the freedom of it's a conversation sometimes yeah. it's flat sometimes it's not but that's how conversations work right exactly yeah. but with the vlog but you'd be into I, i'm surprised uh that you didn't do something like when you were going down to la it would have been cool if you kept the video log of that yeah. like this is me going down this is my apartment this is what's happening these are the shows it, it could have been something not I, if I was you, I wouldn't release it at the time. Yeah. I'd wait a full year, or if you come back to Montreal, whatever happens, and then cut then everything. Release, yeah. Oh, that would be fucking amazing. Yeah, because then it's like, hey, here's season one. Yeah, here's a story. <laughs> you have a full story, and yeah. you cut it the way you want it to, to present that story and, yeah. and to, to make it you know audible to different types of audiences. Yeah, uh, That would have been fun. I like I like kind of that travel and what's going to happen, and oh, this is something I haven't seen before, and what's he doing there? This is a different room. Yeah. People would be interested by that. Yeah. But if it's just, it's very hard if it's just another podcast, if it's just another vlog just talking about stuff. Like, e- even myself, the f- the 4-H podcast mm-hmm. has a very big following because we've been doing it since 2010. Yeah. So it has its own niche. It has its own type of demographic that likes to listen to that. Yeah. Whereas the Panthelis podcast, a couple of thousand people, isn't it? it it's very hard to get up those to get those numbers up because yeah. it's just another comedian having interviews with with friends or whatever. Yeah. Like, ah, it's harder. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. harder to get. It's like, in. how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah. Right, I differentiate myself so far just with the guests I have. Right, they're all guests that I want. Yeah, nobody books them for me. I like them. You know, Derek Sagan, Abdul Butt, you, yeah. uh, the Suicide Girls. I brought, uh, you know, Misty Suicide, the lady who started the Suicide Girls. I've had one of the early episodes with her. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's just stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, people that I'm interested in, I bring them on. And I find that they have, uh, you know, like I had Mike Carota on. I had uh, Paul Ash. I wanted to ask him about his career yeah. and what, what, you know, what's the end goal? Where do you want to go with this? You know, he's been here doing these these like open mic events for twenty years now. Like yeah, where, where, where to start and yeah. what do you do? Uh, so stuff that interests me and I want to ask questions about. Mm-hmm. I'll bring them in. Yeah. So that's the good thing about this this show. Nice. But uh, as far as getting breaking into new grounds or whatever, oof, it's uh, you know, everybody has their niche. If yeah, they don't exactly. care about comedy, if they don't care about this aspect, they're not going to listen to it. Yeah. So. And, and what the funny thing, someone mentioned this not long ago, was um, is that like there's so many, especially Canada, yes, but more so in the States where you'll find like a niche market. And that niche market will will support you for a very long time. Because I think, I think I heard this story last night, I think, because it, it does sound very familiar. I think someone told me that like Willie Nelson was in like Nashville, for like a long time and like just like 15 years was just never getting anything and then he went out to like LA and was doing like the college circuit there and then he just blew up and then that was his ticket and the next thing you know Willie Nelson's one of the biggest guys there so I this is what this is what I'm told I don't know the full story or the real story but this is what I'm told and it's and yeah like in the states there's so many niche markets that uh You'll find you'll find your crowd there, you know, and and they're the ones that'll be like they'll love you so much that that'll they're the ones that's going to open you up to the bigger market and the more mainstream market. But yeah, I think in Canada we're not that much because we're only thirty million people, and in America is what three hundred thirty six million. So uh, once you find your niche market, you know, like I think they said that in enter- in entertainment, as long as you stick with it, eventually you'll get your break. Yeah, you know, because what eventually you're gonna you'll find, find your crowd. Yeah, you're gonna find your crowd. Yeah, and then that crowd will be like, "Yep, we love this guy," and then they'll support you so much that they're the ones that's gonna open the floodgates for you. You know, but 
It's just a matter of like how long will we stick to it or, or, or you know, granted, yes, there are some people who've been at it for a while and they may never hit their, they never, they may never hit their mainstream. Some people are unlikable. That is true. I've, we've, we've worked with comics that are just like, this is why you're bitter. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've sat in the green room like, holy shit, you actually suck as a human being. That's yeah. why nobody wants to book you. Exactly. Yeah. And then some people just love burning their own bridges, you know, and. Those are the guys I love watching because I, I love seeing people burn their own bridges. I was like, you could have had it all. <laughs> have you seen some fucked up uh, stuff recently? Um, Not really. No, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything too dramatic lately. You always hear stories of like certain people, whether it's comics or, or, or people in or out the business, just just doing something stupid and then you're like oh that's why you never hear from them in a while Frankel told me a story Uh, I think you were there I think you know much better than I do that's why I can't say because I don't fucking know the details it happened years ago it was one of Franco's shows I don't know who the comic was but apparently he shit himself on stage Mm. <laughs> I don't know who the comic was And I don't know the full story But I remember he shit himself on stage He mm. went off stage to clean up And then came back and finished his set Yeah it's, uh, It was a story Franco wasn't on the show as far as I know It's like It was an old Yuck Yucks guy From like the 80, late 80s, early 90s And it was an uh, uh, I think he ate He loved eating And he went to this show and it was like it was a tent outdoors, and they had like a salad bar, but the salad was like in the sun for all, like a while. Oh. And he ate the salad, and then he went on stage, and then His and somehow out. just shit himself <laughs> on stage. <laughs> and then he just like got off stage and just bolted to the washroom and just like cleaned up, cl- cleaned up, and then uh, I think he came back on stage afterwards. I don't. I remember I heard he the finished story. His set is what I heard. Yeah, I think something like that. But I was like, "Wow!" Like that's just one of those things where it's like, "Yeah, let, let's just quit comedy and pretend this never happened." Yes, yeah, that or kill yourself. Like, yeah. you know what? He had that. He had two options. Yeah. Fess up, be like, "Look, I shit myself. Let's just continue the show, yeah. or kill himself." Oh yeah, one of the two. It's gotta be one there's, of the two. There's no point. middle ground there. What do you do? <laughs> there's no middle ground. They know what you did. If you run away, yeah. it's even worse. Yeah, you can't live it up, or you can't live it down. So, no. but yeah, I remember that. Someone told me that story like a long time ago, and I was like, "What?" And then the story was brought up a couple years ago, like maybe two or three years ago, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I heard this story before." But like, is it a true story, or is it one of those road stories you've heard? It's been passed around so many times that's probably changed its meaning over time and somebody shit on someone is the real story yeah <laughs> or, or somebody had to take a shit or somebody farted on stage is or the original yeah exactly maybe it's one of those things where you're like oh he farted but then he really shit himself and then <laughs> could you imagine though I, I was thinking about that imagine being on stage and shitting yourself already I see comics on stage when they burp and it throws them off yeah you know what's been happening to me lately uh, one of my contacts gets dry Oh really? Yeah, and then people think I'm I'm trying to make a joke with the way I'm winking. Yeah, I'm just trying to put it back into place and wet it. Oh really? <laughs> I don't know why. Or also sometimes if I keep the mic too close, especially yeah. the comedy nest, my beard will get stuck in the mic. Yeah, and then I get this resistance when I'm going to pull, so it looks like I'm miming sucking a dick. Yeah, like I'm just trying to pull it off. It looks weird. People probably think I have some weird spasms. Oh shit! Uh, One thing I always have to always time is. Uh, when you get a buildup of saliva in your throat, oh, yeah. and you wait for that break where you just go, and then you're like, okay, then you could t- continue. Because if you try to do it in the Spit. middle of a joke, there's a weird, 
half a second pause and it, people kind of like, oh, he just swallowed something in his mouth. And it's you're weird. Like, like uh, why are people staring at me? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fucking, it's just, all yeah. these little nuances, all these little things that people don't think about. Yeah. But we do when yeah. we're on stage. It's a it's a whole different fucking feel. It would be like there's never any good movies about comedians that come out. Yeah. There was like this movie, The Comedian, Jeff Ross with uh, Robert De Niro. I don't know oh if you yeah, saw I it. heard about that. Yeah, it's a shit movie. Oh, is it? Yeah, I was so excited to watch it. Yeah. Like fuck, this isn't good. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I wish it was though. Because I heard about when it was being filmed. Because there's like a story going around. Oh, Robert De Niro is doing comedy in New York City. And as soon as I heard, it, I was like. A, I was like, what? And B, I was like, it's for a film, most likely. It's, yeah. it's De Niro. It's, it's going to be for a film. And uh, yeah, I heard about the show. I heard about the movie. And then I heard it was coming out. And then never heard anything after that. Yeah, since. it wasn't good. <laughs> okay. So that's probably why. <laughs> it, it was not good. And the thing is, it's also one of those things where you had high hopes. Mm. And I was also more forgiving, mm. right? Because I wanted it to be good. Mm. And even at that, I was like, ah, this is, this is not good. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe it's one of those things where hit or miss. Yeah, it was a hitter. They, they all can hits. They got <laughs> to try for another a comic story, but they could. There's so much you could. Even if they if they just recreate the life of one of our most iconic comedians, yeah, I think it would make a good film. Yeah, you know. Well, I know they've been working on this Richard Pryor movie since when? Like, since forever? Like it for never happens. Ever? It's last I heard, they were actually filming it. And it's supposed to be, uh, what's his name? Epps? Mike Epps is supposed to be Oh, playing. Mike Epps? <gasps> I, I like heard Mike he Epps. was supposed to be playing Michael Richard Epps, Pryor. Yeah. And then, but then I heard there was like another movie where one of the Waynes brothers was supposed to be playing Pryor. Oh, that's going to be weird. And I was like, yeah, that's been... That's is he going to do it in white face? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But I think it's one of those movies where it's like, it's been talked about for all... It's been on the shelf for a while. And like, it's like they're close production and then they change production and then they... Yeah, who knows? I have a, no, I have no idea. It's like that happening. Tupac movie. I was so excited. It was garbage. Oh, yeah. All Eyes on Me. Oh, man. what a shit movie. Oh, really? All Eyes on Shit. <laughs> it was garbage. <laughs> it was so bad. Wow. The, actually, he, what was good was... Uh, the guy who looks like him. That was the only thing. Yeah. He looked pretty... He looked like, like him a lot. But, oh, it was him, but the movie was shit. Yeah. The movie wasn't good. Well, the only good movie about rappers was uh, NWA. The yeah, that was great. That was actually a good I love that movie. Yeah, because like, that was a good film in itself. Yeah, right. They use the subject matter and then they made a good movie out of it. Yeah, this they use. They thought by just being like, "Look, we recreated a lot of iconic interviews." Ah, wink. Right? Isn't yeah. this good? It's like, no, you moron. It's yeah. not a YouTube video. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be a fucking Hollywood production. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, what? I find sometimes people kind of don't. They don't get. Like I remember when. Uh, uh, Straight out of Compton came out, like a lot, a lot of black people were just like, "Oh, we're upset. It should have been written by black, uh, black writers instead of white writers." And this, I was like, "I don't care who writes it, as long as you write a good movie." Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, and even when uh, black writers wrote the Tupac one, it was shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Like, just write a good script, you know. And even um, what was that movie? Gods of Egypt when that came out, and I never saw it. I heard it was bad. I heard it was beyond terrible, and uh, and they're saying like, well, it's Egypt and the cast is all white, and there's only one black guy who's uh, who's playing a uh, uh, Black Panther, Chadwick Chadwick Boat Boatman. I forgot his name. He was playing Black Panther. It was it was just before Civil War came out, and uh, and they're like they're talking about like, oh, you're. 
your uh, I forgot the name of it, but you're saying like, oh, it's it's Egypt, but it's all white actors. There was all the black actors because it's supposed to be Egypt. And I was like, you know what? I've seen the trailer for that movie. I am glad there's no black yeah. in that because if there was a black cast, producers would have been like, it bombed because it's a black cast. We're not gonna do it anymore. I was like, you know what? I'm glad there's no black people in that cast. You see, you're so <laughs> much more nice. Right, because I would have just kept pissing them off. I would have been like, "Yeah, you know why there's no black people? The the pyramids are already built in this one. They didn't need slavery. <laughs> like, you know, you just try to piss them off. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I've learned. If people are offended and they're trying to fuck around. Yeah, I no longer try to reason with them. Yeah, I go to the extreme level where they're gonna be like, "Oh, this guy's not fucking serious right now." Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you egg them on. Yeah, I'm like, I go because I'm tired. I, I try to negotiate with these terrorists, and you can't. Yeah. Because I, I used to think they're just people with different opinions. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, they just don't see things the same way. Let me try to reason with them. Yeah. Then when I realize there's no reason, they just want to be offended. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, there's no winning. Then fuck it. I'm going to make you cry. Yeah. That's all that's going to happen here. Yeah. You know? Because, yeah, because they want to be, they don't want to be, they, they don't want to be on the side of logic. They want to be on their own side. You know? It's like, it's like. Uh, and they love being right. And they feel like victimhood is right. That's another thing that I find weird this yeah. day and age. They feel like being a victim means you're the good guy. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. Well, right? not. not always. You're not a rape victim. Yeah. You're a victim of choice. You're a victim of, oh, I chose to be offended by that joke. Yeah. It's not the same, yeah. right? But they act. They the, act like it's the same. Yeah, they act like it's the same. Like, oh, I was treated poorly. I was victimized. Now, what are you talking about? Yeah. The guy said a joke at a comic club that you didn't like. He was talking about his dead dog. Your yeah. dog just died. You got offended. Yeah. How the fuck is that personal? He doesn't yeah. know you. Yeah. I got talking with a woman once after, and I told her that. I said, I don't know you. Yeah. I've never met you before in my life. And that joke that really pissed you off. I knew I was going to do it before I got on stage, yeah. before I ever saw your face. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It, whether you were here or not, I was going to say that fucking joke. Yeah. But yeah, because pe- people like to be offended on behalf of other people. Oh, that's the worst. You, you like, should know it better than anybody else because oh, every sure. white person decides how racist a joke is towards black people. Yeah. And black people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I'm like, don't worry, I got your back, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? No, I have my own back. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, let's see if you have my back when I get pulled over for no reason. They're like, yeah. no, I don't know. What, he was driving while black? I have nothing to do with this. No. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That, that doesn't say something else. But yeah, I think I think people just want to be... Uh, <laughs> I think it's mostly... I guess it's... Is it mostly white people? I don't know. That's what I've noticed. Yeah, I, I think it's mostly... Because I've never seen another culture try and be offended on behalf of, of a culture, else. you know? Like, like, you don't see a Greek guy get up and be like, whoa, 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 the Jews are going to be offended. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You never see that. You never <laughs> They're see like, that. hey, that's their problem. It's not yeah, my problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I laughed at it. It's a good joke. Yeah. I hope the Jews can laugh too. Yeah. But I hope. Every, yeah. But everybody else, every other culture laughs at themselves. Yeah. You ever notice that? Oh, totally, yeah. Greeks, uh, Greek comedians, uh, American, like everybody else is laughing at themselves, yeah. right? And then there's these like white Anglo-Saxon people that mm. they're like, oh no no, that's gonna be offensive to black people. That's gonna be offensive. But what are you talking? But they're laughing. Yeah. Who are you to tell them when they should be offended? Yeah, they have something you don't. It's called a sense of fucking humor. Yeah, you don't have it. Yeah, I think it's more. I don't know if it's the more right wing or left. No, wing? it's left. It's, it's super super left. It's super left. Yeah, okay, the, yeah, the right says say whatever the fuck you want. You know they they yeah, also yeah. overdo it. Yeah, they yeah, shoot them. Yeah, they say you could say anything you want, but also include the end bomb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can say anything you want as long as it's against those fucking. That's that's what they do. Yeah, exactly. That's, so you can't side on that. But both sides, the second you start going too far left or too far right, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. both lead to the same psycho yeah, uh, exactly. area. Yeah, it, it, it's the same results in the end. Yeah, the left is trying. That's what's happening. They're trying to be so liberal. Yeah, that they're trying to be uh, everybody's guardian angel. Yeah, so they're trying to be so liberal. They're like, no peace and love. You can't make fun of the Greeks. You can't make fun of the blacks it's like who are you to say that yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, oh my God, really? Like, you have a child named Tristan? Get the fuck out of here, yeah. you know? <laughs> Get out of here. I, I'm going to fucking laugh with my friends about what we think is funny. Yeah. And if we choose not to laugh, that's it. That's where it ends. We don't laugh. Yeah. Nobody's going to get offended at a fucking joke. Yeah. It's not an attack on you. Exactly, yeah. But they feel that they have... It's like, it's like someone who feels guilty and they yeah. want to, like, make it up. But it's like, no, you don't, ha- you don't have to take the rap for this. It's okay. Like... Like no 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 I I have to you have I have to be offended on like no it's a, just just sit in the corner and stop yeah just, like, you're embarrassing yourself yeah. I love when when that comes up I love being like I am not this is a good joke this is not a race joke this is a good joke like no it's racist I'm telling you ask a black person they'll tell you it's offensive yeah I like how is it offensive I'm Greek I had nothing to do with slavery yeah I have no, I don't have the same guilt you have about not offending people yeah. I want us all to laugh together yeah I'm gonna make fun of the Jew the same way I make fun of the Greek the same way I make fun of the black guy the right. Chinese guy I'm gonna make fun of everybody equally. So yeah. we'll have a good fucking time. Exactly. You're the one who's being weird. You're telling me just don't make fun of this specific. Like what I did, I show with Andy Tenlins. I don't know if I told you this. He brings me uh, to a show. To <laughs> he did, it was a birthday party for a lady. They did this comedy thing. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I get there, this fucking asshole who's producing the show is like, I want to let you know, don't make fun of the gays, don't make fun of the Jews or the blacks. And I'll stare and I'll go, really? Because that's my whole opening 10 minutes. It's yeah. just the gay black jokes is what yeah. it is. And it happened to be about Jews. Yeah. So this is going to be tough for me. Like, I was just fucking with him, right? Yeah. I was like, what a fucking cock. And why those three? Yeah. Why is that off limits? Yeah. Like, I could go off on Italians. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. I mean? yeah. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> but I went up and I just went super offensive. And the crowd liked it, right? So at the end, he didn't say anything. Yeah. But I was just like, what the fuck is he doing? Why the hell is he coming up to me and be like, no Jews, no blacks, no gay joke? That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I could have said anything else. I could have destroyed women. Yeah. I could have said the most misogynistic stuff he wouldn't have mind but those three because I guess they were uh, you know in vogue at the time everybody's taught oh those are very offensive yeah. and that's where he drew the line they're random lines that people are dragging in the sand they're not real yeah. why is tomorrow we're gonna have the same thing for Irish people is it gonna be a certain when something happens don't make fun of the Irish yeah. what are you talking about why yeah I don't know I th- isn't I that think- racist though that's what makes it racist if you're telling me no no not them yeah. why why not them why are you assuming that they don't want to be part of this yeah yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't like it's. It's rare I've gotten. I think the only show, the last show I've had, where I was told not to make fun of certain things. <laughs> it was actually this one show I did in. Uh, oh my gosh, it was in Hampstead. It was at a. It was at a synagogue. It was like years ago, and uh, of course it's a synagogue. So you're performing for like rabbis, and you know, like a lot of kids were there. So like, there's certain things obviously without saying that you shouldn't say. And uh, this one comic gets on stage. I forgot who it was. And he said something about, he said pussy on stage. <laughs> and, then, and then the rabbi came up to me. He's like, um, could you guys um, not say the P word? I was like, there's a P word now? Like, what's the P I, word? Yeah, never. <laughs> and he's like, um, pussy. And I was like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was just funny to see a rabbi say that to me. But. Like, for, for certain crowds, I got it. And then there's this one comic who got on stage. Sh- How'd you reply? Did you tell him, listen, Jew? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't make fun of us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's this one comic, he got on stage, and his material was, uh, like, he obviously didn't realize the room. his didn't material the room. for his crowd. <laughs> so he's dropping, like, N-bombs, and uh, like, he's saying kike and oh, this no. and that. And I'm just like... Oh, and you like I didn't. I was sitting in the back room, so I couldn't see. I always thought it was the back of the heads of certain people, but like I can only imagine. Like if we can't say the p word, like do you really think these people are gonna take the n words like kike? lightly or, or kike or anything else? Like what are you doing? And I'm like, I was, sick. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go upstairs. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna be professional. 
And like, and the guy was a black comic too. So I'm just like, even worse. Like, bro, why are you making us look bad? <laughs> You're like, I'm offended by him. Yeah, like we have a bad PR rep already. Like, we don't need you making things worse. <laughs> that is fucking. So awesome. I got on stage and I just I did you know I did a good clean set and they they really enjoyed it and I was kind of like like I'm sorry for the other black guy who said all these words that he obviously didn't realize you shouldn't say for a rabbi. Jewish crowd. <laughs> do you you know where you get the best? I don't know in LA, but in Montreal, do you know where I get the best awkward moments like that? Where? Uh, when I go try new jokes at the open mics, mm-hmm. you get some comedians that, well, I call, call them the comedians, they're open micers. Yeah. That are just, it's like their third ever set. Yeah. And they're trying, and they have this thing where they think comedy is being edgy, just yeah. being, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. But they think it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll be sitting there, and then you'll see just a couple of minutes in, they're like, you know, uh, and he's a packy. You know, can we say packy? He's a packy, or yeah. he's this. And I'm like, oh, this is, cr-. and everybody's awkward. Like, this isn't, there's no humor in it. Yeah. He's just trying to he's, be like, look, I could say offensive things. Yeah. Faggot. You know? Yeah. And, and there's no comedy in it. Because you could use any word you want. Yeah. It could fit, cunt, whatever, and it could be in a joke. Yeah. And be like, oh, this is a good joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, they're not doing it for jokes. They think the word is punchline enough. Yeah. And it's cringeworthy. And I see it, and I'm the only one laughing. <laughs> I'm the only, but I'm not laughing at the joke. I'm laughing at yeah. just the fact that this is happening in yeah. real life. You're laughing at their failure. Yeah. yeah. This guy got <laughs> up and Address the person in the crowd by listen whore and I'm like oh yeah, this is gonna go great obviously that's how you open up your fucking set listen whore yeah yeah, yeah that's that's what you do you talk to the one person in front of you call her a whore there's no way this is going downhill wow. so I'll laugh I'll be like this is this is incredible for me right yeah but other people get mad some comedians who get mad like oh my god this guy doesn't what the fuck is he's yeah. an open mic or let him yeah let, let him learn let, let him, him crash learn. and burn and learn. yeah he's either never gonna be able to do this as a career yeah. or he's gonna adapt and learn yeah but you have to watch that because you will learn too when I see that I learn myself yeah because then I look at old videos of myself and I'm like oh I used to swear for no reason yeah right yeah like so my swear my swearing after a while in a set wouldn't have the same impact it did in the beginning yeah because i'd open up and i'd be like fuck this and what the fuck fuck?" i was using as a crutch yeah and you learn because i see young comics and i see them and then sometimes if somebody i like if i see that they're talented i'll tell them if people i don't i I don't say anything i won't give any information but if somebody i like i'll tell them like hey by the way i used to do the same shit yeah be careful with the swearing. Yeah. Not don't swear. Swear. I swear all the time. Yeah. But use it smart. Yeah. You got to you know, use, use it sparingly. Yeah. Use it smart. Because my issue was sometimes I would use fuck back to back. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. You know? Yeah. And it's too much. Then it desensitizes them. And they're like, ah, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to know when to place them. Because people. And it also comes back to like being offensive. It's like people. A lot of comics. Uh, this is where like that class of like being PC and, and, and being offensive on stage is that a lot of comics want to be edgy and risque and, and thought-provoking and this and that. But in the end, they're not being funny. And if you could be as risque and, and, and as dirty as you want, but the joke still has to be funny. But they think by being risque, it's being funny. Yeah, I'm like, you no, can... you're not, you know, like you're not being funny at all. And then a lot of, um, <clears throat> like it was a big issue when, when Amy Schumer's uh, special came out and but that was for stealing jokes, right? Yeah, it uh, yeah, I was for stealing. Yeah, she. I didn't watch the special, but leather, I heard about the, the leather one. special. Yeah, the leather special it wasn't good. Though. I heard it. Yeah, I heard about it, and I heard too much commotion. But I was like, I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> it wasn't offensive. It just wasn't good. Yeah, but but I, I, I it kind of touches on her issue because uh, a lot of comics were saying, well, why can't female comics talk about their vaginas and fucking guys? Like guys do it. I'm like, well, when guys do it, yeah, they talk about it, but it's not funny. So yeah. you're just repeating the same thing that's still not funny, thinking that, oh, because a female said it, it's going to be funny. I'm like, well, it wasn't funny when a guy said it. So when he talks about his dick, like, it's not going to be funny when a woman talks about her, her pussy on, on stage. So 
you're just replicating something that isn't funny. You and, know? and if it, the other thing about the Schumer thing, um, she's already done it. Yeah, she's had specials where she'll talk. She'll be like, "I'm such a whore" or whatever. You yeah. know? and it's like fine. You know, there's jokes in there, but if you keep every special. Yeah. Reminding people, yeah, and you keep saying stuff like, "Oh, by the way, my vagina's open for business," and you've said the same. They're gonna be like, "All right, we understand. You've told us for fucking four years that your vagina's open for business." Yeah, we have no problems with your vagina. Yeah, but let me hear something else. What else you got? What yeah, else? Exactly, Is your yeah. ear open for business too? Like, let me hear something else. Exactly. You know? Yeah. In the end, it still has to be grounded it's to just, funny. To funny. That's yeah. the thing. And her last special wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't funny. I tried. I watched. It. I was like, okay, let's see what's going on here. This yeah. and that. I love watching the comedy specials, right? Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like halfway through, uh, my girlfriend's like, can we turn this off? This isn't funny. And, and <laughs> wow. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I heard brutal. a lot of people yeah. were turning it off halfway and through. I was offended like when she said that because as a comedian, I was like, fuck, man, she's watching a pro comic yeah. and she's like, uh, fuck this. And I was, she's a girl, you know, she's a woman. Yeah. So if anything, she should have been like, hey, what the fuck? Women are allowed to talk about whatever the fuck. But it had nothing to do with the subject matter. Yeah. It had to do with the way it was being delivered, yeah, the yeah. way it was being handled. Yeah. It was very much just, I'm here. Anything I say, you better laugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas you look at people like Louis C.K. or well, it's like, no, no, no. I've worked on this for a year. I've tweaked things. I'm not coming out here just talking, yeah. hoping you'll laugh. I have a setup ready yeah. and I'm gonna fuck you up. I know what I'm doing. This is a, you know, I'm an explosives expert. Yeah. I've planted them where I need to. Hmm. I'm gonna dig a hole for myself. I'm gonna dig my, you know, I'll dig my, my way out of it. Yeah. Like that's comedy. It has to do with him being a man. It's just the fact that he I'm just yeah. giving him as an example. Is that, yeah. Uh, but the Amy Schumer thing, man, I wanted to like it. And it was cringeworthy. It was just cringeworthy. And then it comes again. Oh, I'm making fun of myself being fat or being ugly or unfuckable. Yeah. And people don't like it because I'm a woman. It's not. Yeah. It's because it was not funny. Yeah. Exactly. I've heard yeah. people make jokes about them being unfuckable or, or whatever. Yeah. But it's funny. If there's something base in the But if you're just up there and be like, I'm ugly. I'm fat. You know, once, twice. You're like, okay. Yeah. Move okay, on. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you being a woman. If even if you're a giraffe. Yeah. Like, oh, I have spots. I'd be like, yeah, you, you open with that. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're being very astute, but yeah. okay, where's the joke? It's, that's the thing. And, and there's always that line of the second you judge it and go, this didn't work. Yeah. Instead of them tackling and defending the case in hand, which is this didn't work because the humor wasn't funny. Yeah. They tackle, oh. It's because I'm a woman, or yeah. oh, it's because I'm a man, or yeah. oh, it's because I'm a grandfather. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. something else. It's, it's a, yeah, it's always something else. Yeah. Nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's like the people who say who make a uh, okay. One of the difficult. Uh, it's, it's a topic I'll never touch on. For example, rape. But, yeah, exactly the rape issue. Um, they'll make a joke, like they'll they'll talk about it on stage, and then they're like, "Well, you like the joke because you're being offended. You're all being pieces." Like, well. Maybe because it just wasn't funny. Yeah. I'm like, they say like you can make a joke about any topic. I think you can. You rape- can. I've heard two rape jokes in the past uh, two months. Yeah. Both hilarious. Yeah. Both jokes were told by women who were raped and yeah. they were making jokes about the rape. Yeah. Uh, here in Montreal. Yeah. And both jokes, I'm telling you right now, yeah. you wish you thought of them. Oh really? I didn't think that it was that like there was that much room. It's like oh, you could find a funny rape joke. Yeah. But I can't say them right. They're not as funny for me because they had the other point of view of being the victim of it. Yeah. Fucking good jokes, bro. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you about them after because I don't yeah. want to spoil the jokes for the yeah for the. Uh, but uh, one of them was one of them is Sarah Quinn. And, okay. Uh, fucking good joke. Yeah. And she got in trouble for it. Like some other person got offended. A drag queen got offended and started talking shit to her apparently. Oh, but yeah, she, even though she's too. the victim of a rape and made a joke about her situation, yeah. the other person gets offended. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because that's what Whatever. people do these days. But dude, smart joke. I wish, yeah. I wish I had half that writing ability because that was, a, that, it's, you know, people don't like it or whatever, but it's a smart joke. Yeah. Is a, and I'll tell you about it after and you'll understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's good because she made uh, a difficult 
she she made a joke out of a difficult situation. situation. And the other but, one, but was the joke Will is Flynn, still there, which Will is Flynn's good. Daughter. The what? Will, Will Flynn's da- daughter. Yeah. Will Flynn. He, his daughter started doing comedy. She, yeah. She's at TSN. She does like sports stuff, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she had this rape joke that was just one of the lines in it. I can't. I didn't think about it the whole time. She kind of set it up properly, but yeah. I didn't think about that line. And when she said, it, "I was like, oh my god, that's a good fucking joke." Yeah. Again, about her experience getting raped. Yeah. But she made it funny. Yeah. That skill yeah. is taking a situation like that, and that's fucking comedy chops, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. But just going out there and be like, "Fucking rape, let's rape people." That's not funny. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what that's what people don't get. People don't get that like. Yeah, you could say whatever you want to say on stage, but if you're not being funny on it, you're not then you're not helping yeah. the cause of comedy. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then yeah, you could say it, but who's gonna book you after? Yeah. Like if you're just up there not being funny, even if you're not talking about rape, you could be talking about just the alphabet. Yeah. If it's not funny, nobody gives a shit. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's the big clue that most people get don't get these days, is that like uh, they don't, they're not getting a clue like, oh, but then they're like, oh well it's the audience, you guys don't get it. No, no, no. Yeah, like, everybody well, else's no. fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you're missing the joke part in your joke, then you're the problem. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Searles. Yes, sir. W- plug uh plug your website, plug some dates, plug whatever the fuck you want to plug. Uh let's see. Uh my website is andrewsearles.com, S E A R L E S. Uh you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh Snapchat, Tinder, Bumble, Happen. Uh, plenty of fish. <laughs> Grinder. Grinder. He's anything. exploring all his options. All options are on the table. Um, I'm at the, let's see, tomorrow night, I'm at the um, uh, Are you doing the M-Bar tomorrow? I'm doing M-Bar tomorrow. I did it two weeks. It was fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I love M-Bar. M-Bar is always yeah. a blast. Uh, I'm there, let's see, tomorrow night, I'm doing uh, the Comedy Nest on the 16th, July 16th for their Sunday Fun Day. Very good. And the Comedy Works the 20th to the 22nd. I'm emceeing. I don't even know who the headliner is. So. That's my friend Andrew Searles, who would have been on longer. The only reason he's not is because I got to get to the Comedy Nest because of the Scolaro show. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're I have to tonight. go pick him up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to go change first. Yeah. Go get him. And then, and I'm opening too. Oh, nice. So I have to be there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But two shows, though, should be fun. Yeah, I'll have a good time. Hopefully, it's not as rowdy as last night. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed Andrew Searles. Uh, go check out his his uh, his website, and he's got a guest book on his website that you could sign that you were there. It's a lot of fun. You could leave a message. I had fun with it. Try that out. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and uh, tell your friends. Subscribe and share. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.